On today's episode of the Living Magically podcast, we are talking about the different types of witches and looking at the magical properties of rosemary. Welcome to the Living Magically podcast. I am Dee, your host, and this is episode 10. So how are you all guys? I hope that you are all doing really well out there. I am recording this on the 24th of March, so we have just celebrated Astara over the weekend, which was lovely. It all went really, really well. If anyone follows me on Instagram, you'll just send some pictures of the strawberry cake, uh, strawberry and lemon cake strawberry lemonade that we made and the eggs that we made for the Ostara that I'd spoken about on here before where we put the affirmations inside we've made a nice display um, which we'll be leaving up to Easter and um, I got in the garden we made a start on our garden project um, it was just all really lovely and the sun that was out and looking beautiful so it was very very nice I very much enjoyed it um, I must say my husband's quite a funny one because um, he is um, he doesn't have a religion um, so but he sort of like joins in with the bits and pieces that I'm doing and we was um, sat down on the Saturday night and um, had our cake and strawberry lemonade and I said goodness you know it's nearly the end of a stara and we'll be looking to the next turn of the wheel and his response was so what food do we get for that then bless his cotton socks so um I'm gonna have to think about what I can make for that to keep his stomach happy but um I've had a good um few days and a good weekend so everything is looking all bright and rosy for me at the moment and I really hope that you guys out there are feeling happy and um, optimistic about the future and I hope that you all had a fantastic Astara celebration as well but I will stop talking now um, and I will move on to the main segment of the show which today is looking at different types of witches okay so different types of witches well my goodness I did not know what kind of rabbit hole I was entering when I said that I was going to talk about this on the show there is so many different types of witches and um, I never knew that so many existed and I think because I've spoken about this um, on the first episode, I think, um, I hate stereotypes and I hate people being labelled and put into boxes. So I don't like, um, you know, I don't actively search for um, labels to give myself in terms of my witchcraft. Um, but I know that because the world is made up of lots of boxes um, with lots of little labels, that most people do sort of want to give themselves a, a sort of slot to fit into 
So I thought it would be interesting for people to know what is out there um, and also for people to see the options they have of what sort of things they can incorporate into their own witchcraft and their own journey. So that is why I decided to um, broach this topic. But I had to do a lot of research because obviously I don't really know, I didn't really know like what these label names were. Um, and <laughs> it was crazy, there's so many. Um, uh, a lot of them seem to be very similar. Um, I mean, I saw some people had written like blog posts about it and they'd been like, you know, come and check out the top 50 types of witches. And I'm just like, 50? Like what? <laughs> I thought there'd be about five. <laughs> so <laughs> it was quite an eye opener, I must say. But I've narrowed it down um, into what I think are the most sort of like well-known and popular um, things that kind of cover all the bases. So I've got 18 to go through. Um, so bear with me, guys. <laughs> it's quite a big list. But I hope that you'll find it interesting. And like I said, you know, um, well, actually, let me just start with um, the first one that I wanted to say. Now, let me see, because I didn't number my um, scrolls of handwriting that I've done. So let me just see where it, where it is. I bet it's on the other side. Let's have a look. Yes, it is. So I wanted to kick off with number one being the electric witch, because the electric witch is the person who um, does what they like uh, in terms of like, you know, they don't just say, I'm only going to do this type of spell um, or this type of magic. They take pieces, bits and pieces from all the different areas of witchcraft and they craft their own uh, journey and that is kind of what my whole um, sort of thing about the whole living magically um, podcast has all been about it's about you guys making your own journey um, and I just provide information and you can take the bits that you find interesting and that you relate to and you can chuck the rest of it away and build up your own spiritual journey and I think now you know nowadays certainly um, in Britain anyway I think most people do think that they are an electric witch because why stick to just one thing in one box when there's so many options out there and there's so many great things and opportunities I mean, wouldn't it be awful to miss out on a fantastic opportunity purely because you're going, well, nope, that's not my path, you know? So let's just take a bit of everything that we that we personally enjoy, are interested in, feel drawn to, and put it all together to make our own magical life um, and live, you know, and live happily and enjoy everything and not limit ourselves. So I'm starting off with the electric witch because I think, that most people are electric witches, whether they like to admit that or not. And I'm going to go through the rest of the categories and then you might think, oh, I like a bit of that or I'm interested in a bit of this. And it will help you, um, you know, put all your bits and pieces into your electric basket for your witchcraft. So that was my whole idea. And I hope that you guys <laughs> understand me and I'm not rambling too much as I go through this. I do trip over myself a bit sometimes with my words. So we will see. So that was number one. So what else do I have? I have, um, well, in terms of Wicca, which is something that I am very interested in, and I do 
if I have to, I do label myself as a Electric Wiccan. Um, so in terms of Wicca, um, the main, the sort of main two formal, no, sorry, three, there's three main sort of formal types of Wicca. Um, and then there's like the Electric Wiccans like myself. So the first one is Guardian um, Wicca, to be a Guardian Witch, sorry. Um, because that is what was created by Gerald Gardner. Um, he was thought to be the father of Wicca or the creator of Wicca. Um, and much of what people follow nowadays in terms of Wicca is because of Gerald Gardner. So if you are following his um, you know, ideas, then you would be thinking of yourself as a guardian witch. Now, um, he's, his form of wicker was very, um, what's the word, uh, very structured. Um, he started many covens. Um, he started, obviously, his first was his own coven. And then he trained high priestesses to then have more to be in charge of more covens um so they're popping up all over the place and in his coven you could you could not have more than 13 members and they have very secret um he doesn't believe that people should be saying that they're in the coven um or telling anyone anything about what happens in the coven didn't want the rituals um shared or um you know shared into the public domain and you certainly shouldn't be telling anybody who else is in the coven and sharing their names and things which of course i agree with that part of it because you, should, you don't want to out other people that's not very nice um and in the structure of his um religion there was three levels of initiation you had to get through um they believe in the god and goddess, otherwise known as the horned god and the triple goddess, and of course followed the Wiccan reed and the threefold law. Um, and I do believe there is a lot of nudity involved in that type of coven as well. So whether that still happens, I don't know. Um, but that is a very, um, very structured um, sort of type of coven and type of wicker that you can um you might be interested in reaching out online if it's something that you are interested you know that sort of sits well with you then you might want to reach out to others and see if there's any guardian covens in your area um or you might want to research more about it and read more about it and what have you now another type of um wicca is that that they call the alexandrian um witches and that was because of alex sanders and his wife in the 1960s. They broke away um, from the um, Gerald Gardner um, coven and they sort of came into their own type of, um, and started their own type of Wicca. That's basically very similar to Gerald's because they did do, you know, base a lot of it on what he had said. Um, but they had a couple of differences as well. So, um, they had a lot more ceremonial um, type things in their covens and they like to focus a lot more on the sabbaths and the full moons um, and they also said that you didn't have to be naked if you didn't want to be which is good <laughs> we always like some consent don't we 
Um, but again, he had three levels of the um, initiation um, and um, the sort of the idea of the gods and things was all very similar to um, Gerald's ideas of Wicca. So then um, the other way, another way that sort of branched off from there um, was what they call the Dianic Witch. And that is a very feminist type um, coven where it's all about sisters sticking together. Um, they only worship the female god, um, sorry, the female goddess, um, who they believe is the mother of all goddesses. And um, they involve themselves in a lot of meditation and a lot of self-healing to, um, to heal themselves from the hurt and trauma that they feel they've uh, received from the um, patriarch, if you like. So it's very much women, uh, women power and um, can be quite powerful, I do believe. And it's very therapeutic as well for anyone who has suffered great trauma. Um, um, but that is, so that's another sort of um, twist on Wicca, I guess. So they were the more they're the more constructed um, type of witchcraft. So now we go into the more um, fluid type of witchcraft, I guess. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm chewing gum because I still chew nicotine gum, and I nearly choked myself on it. So I do apologise. So we also have um, what do we have? We have the crystal witch. Um, who, as the name suggests, would be a witch that is very knowledgeable about all the different types of crystals that are out there and incorporates using crystals on a daily basis in their life, in their uh, witchcraft and what have you. So they will be doing crystal grids, they'll be putting crystals into spell bottles and spell bags and using it in spell, you know, using them in their spell work. They will be meditating with their crystals. They've probably got crystals all around their house um, to do different things. They probably wear lots of crystals as well. Um, they're very crystal orientated, shall we say. We also have the Cosmic Witch. And that is a witch who is very into astrology, the phases of the moon, um, the constellations in the sky, um, and the stars, and the planets. So they'll base a lot of their work, their you know their craft, their work around all of those things, um, and that is that you know their most important aspect to them is that type of um, astrology, astrology and um, the moon. Then we have a fire witch who is very involved in candle magic. They'll have the fire pit out at night. Um, they may even be fiery by nature, um, but they are very drawn to all things fire. There is a sea witch, um, or sometimes called a water witch, and of course they are very much water-based with their magic. They are frequent visitors to the beach, may even live on the beach, you know, live near the beach. Um, they are also very interested in weather magic and lunar magic 
as well and um, their altar will have shells and driftwood and they might honour deities that are related to the sea um, and it's all about the water. Then you can have the lunar witch who is all about the moon. Um, they are aligning their magic with the phases of the moon. They'll be doing moon rituals like full moon rituals, new moon rituals. Um, that also links to their dream work as well. They might have a lunar garden where they have a small section of their garden that is um, has um, what they call sorry lunar flowers that bloom at night when the moon comes out, um, and they are very very much in tune with all of that. I'm just checking that I haven't missed one off this side of my page before I go to the next side of the page. I hope you guys are keeping up with me okay and I'm not talking too fast or I'm not being too muddly. I do apologise if I am. Okay, so the other things I have down here are um, a traditional witch. This is somebody who is very historical with their approach. They spend a lot of time researching how things were done, you know, centuries ago. Um, they're very interested in folklore and performing rituals and ceremonies that they believe were performed by the original witches centuries ago. They probably know a lot about the witch trials and things that happened in their locality. And they're basically using their magic to honour the old ways of the craft. Um, you can have a hereditary witch, which of course is somebody that's born into a family who practices witchcraft. Um, and then if that's the case, you're more than likely going to follow in the steps of your family members, whatever, however they're aligned with their magical workings. They may well hand down a book of shadows to you that has you know, family rituals and ceremonies and spells that only your family know about. So that is um, what you would call a her hereditary witch. You can have a hedge witch um, who is very nature-based and um, but quite similar to another type of witch that we will talk about um, a little later, which is a green witch, but they're similar to that. Um, sorry, they have similarities with that. They're very into herbs and psychic work and they're very into communicating with spirits and other worlds. The idea of the hedge witch um, has sort of two sides to it. So the first side of it is that many years ago, you know, centuries ago, um, the older ladies that lived on the outskirts of the villages and were very into healing um, and their herbs and things were the other side of the hedge because most villages back then would have a hedge that was there as their perimeter sort of section of where the village stops kind of thing and these ladies would be on the outside of that um and they would be known as witches so there'd be a hedge witch um then the second side of that coin is that um sometimes people will call a hedge um a veil um or a gateway to another world and you're going over the hedge to this other place. Um, so that's where the communicating with spirits and other worlds comes into it. Um, so that is a hedge, hedge witch. 
you can have a divination witch, which of course is somebody that will be very focused on divination, be that tarot cards, palmistry, runes, pendulums, reading the tea leaves, scrying or meditation or any other number of ways that you can do divination work. That will be their main focus of their craft. Um, you can also have a kitchen witch um, who also goes by the name um, of a half witch, as in, you know, the half fire, um, or a cottage witch as well. They're all the same thing. Um, and that is where you're incorporating magic into your, um, into the aspects of your everyday home life. So it'll involve a lot of cooking. You'll be using magic in your cooking. You'll more than likely be growing your own herbs and your own vegetables. Um, you'll have a very good knowledge of herbs and you might have a kitchen altar. You do crafting as well um, to make your home protected. You'll be smudging and cleansing your home on a you know weekly basis. Um, and it's all about the home with the kitchen, which you can also have what I was talking about just now, the Green Witch, who is sometimes known as the Forest Witch. Um, they predominantly will practice outside um, and they will have their own witch's garden and they will be into the heavily into the wheel of the year. So they're following the seasons and um, they're so they're basing their crafts on the seasons drawing on the elements especially the earth element and they will have a lot of local knowledge about um you know where they are so that they know where to where the nearest river is where you know which side the sun sets and rises and how much sun will be in their home or their garden um they also might um connect with the fae or the fairies um, in their gardens um, or in the local woods, forests and any nature spirits that might be there. Um, so it's all about nature and being outside and natural living, I guess, for a green witch. Um, then you can have a very new concept, this one, as you all know when I say it, the tech witch. So this is ultra modern. Um, that's just sort of developed over the last probably 10 years. Um, and this is a witch who uses modern technology in their witchcraft. They'll have witch apps on their phones. They'll have their book of shadows online in your know, windows um, in a Microsoft Office folder or something like that. Um, they might even connect to an online coven where they you know, um, meet with certain people with the certain members of the coven, but on the um, you know, FaceTime or something like that, Zoom, that kind of thing. So it's a very modern um, new concept that will probably grow uh, much more um, as time goes on because we all seem to live such technology type lives, um, but that's probably much more popular with the younger generation, I would assume, not that I would like to generalize anyone, but um, I feel that that would probably be more popular with those. Okay, so that's a lot of witches, isn't that, guys? I only have two left, um, and that is 
just names that you might give to these people for certain aspects so you've got i've been talking a lot about um certain covens and things like that but you can be a solitary witch which is me i'm a solitary witch because it's when you're not in a coven so you it's very similar i actually wrote in brackets electric question mark because when i was reading the definition of a solitary witch they were saying they can take any path they like they can mix and match from different you know different types of witches um and they're not in a coven and they're called a solitary witch and then i thought well that's exactly the same as an electric witch um unless the electric witch is in a coven i guess <laughs> so this is what i meant about how i was getting myself muddled because there were so many bits that relate to other things and like going off here there and everywhere and i was like goodness but so i guess in some ways i should call myself an electric solitary wiccan perhaps um if i wanted to give myself a more definite definitive title i guess and the last one is the secular witch and this is somebody who does not use religion in their witchcraft so witchcraft is completely separate to their religion if they have one they might have a religion you know they could be a christian they could be a, a buddhist they could be a muslim they can be anything they like in terms of their religion it has nothing to do with their witchcraft or they might not have any religion whatsoever and just be into the witchcraft and that's it um but the either way the witchcraft is not connected to religion in any shape or form so they do not honor deities um or worship gods or anything in their craft it's a separate thing for them so that is 18 different types of which I hope that I've made sense to you guys and that it's been interesting and helpful. Do please let me know um, what your thoughts are uh, and if you've enjoyed it um, or if you have any questions, I would love to hear from you. Okay, so we're going to have a music track, and of course, it is from purpleplanet.com. They are my go to place at the moment for music tracks for the show for two reasons. One is because they are free and they're so easy for me to use. Um, as long as I mention them and link to them, then there's no legalities that get in the way of me using them and secondly because they are just so lovely i love them they're so relaxing or upbeat and dancey and they're just instrumental and beautiful music tracks so i'm very very keen on those at the moment today's one is called phoenix rising and it's a little bit different today it's an upbeat one and what i thought would be really fun if you would like to join in too is some mindful dancing so this is when you close your eyes and take your deep breaths, but you stand up when you and you stand up and make sure you've got a bit of space around you. And then when the music starts, you listen to that music, keeping your eyes closed, and you just start moving your body to how the music makes you want to move. It will make you want to move in certain ways and do whatever you want to do with your body for the music. And I think it will be a lot of fun. It will get your heart racing. Um, and I wanted something upbeat this week after last week being so sad. So if you're up for it, have a go and let me know what you think.
oh my goodness that was so much fun i really enjoyed that um just really upbeat and made me want to move around all over the place goodness knows what the neighbors must think if they were passing by but it was really really good i think sometimes we just need to let go and just move to the music and let it take us over um and close off all that ex like external chatter that we have going on um and all that internal chatter that's always going on in our minds um and just give ourselves a little break for a bit of fun and um that certainly has lifted my mood, I must say. So that was really fun. And if you enjoyed it, do let me know. Um, and let me know um, if you are enjoying the show in general as well. It's chime time. Regular listeners will know that it's time to talk about a magical element and today we are talking about rosemary. So rosemary is of course a plant or herb and it is aligned to the sun and the element is fire and the correspondence and rosemary um, has quite a lot of different properties, which is very good for us um, in terms of magic. So in terms of a little bit of history, um, you know when you've seen pictures of the ancient Greek scholars and they would wear these wreaths on their heads? Well, the wreaths were made from rosemary. And the reason they wore them is because it enhances their memory. So they would wear them for when they wanted to learn, um, you know, remember knowledge, and they'd particularly be keen on wearing them when they were doing their exams. So if you would like to um, improve your memory or gain knowledge, then you can wear rosemary or you can burn it as well. Um, burning rosemary is also a powerful cleanser and it can be used to get rid of negativity from the home in the Middle Ages, it was burned in homes to keep away the plague. And you can make a bundle of fresh rosemary into a smudge stick and um, burn it like you would a smudge stick. And not only is it meant to purify the room, it's also said to remove negative vibrations and it also smells lovely too. So that's always a plus. Um, medically, it's said to help depression um, and headaches um, as it's said to be a nervous system stimulant. It's also said to stimulate hair growth um, when it's used as an oil and rubbed onto the area. So that's particularly uh, useful for those men that are losing their hair perhaps earlier than they'd like. It might be a way for them to stimulate that hair growth. And rubbing rosemary oil onto the skin is also said to increase the circulation, which can help relieve muscle aches and is very good for arthritis. Going back to the magic side of it, um, it's meant to be good to add to ritual baths 
for healing and for purifying the aura. And it can be used in teas for healing, love and purification. But it says to use it sparingly because it has a very strong flavour. Other um, uses for rosemary in terms of magic um, is for protection and um, healing, purification, attracting knowledge, memory enhancing, and also remembrance. Um, apparently, in some countries, it used to be used as a remembrance flower and it would be worn, um, you know, like in the buttonhole or um, and also um, grown around the graves. Um, but now, nowadays, people wear poppies for remembrance. Um, but it used to be rosemary. And it's also linked to love um, because many years ago, when um, people would get married, they the bride would wear a um, rosemary um, flowers in her hair or a rosemary bouquet. And the um, men and the guests would wear, um, their buttonhole would be rosemary. And that was said to make everyone remember what a lovely wedding it was. And also to make the bride and groom remember their vows to each other. So it's definitely linked to remembering as the, probably the strongest um, quality, I would say. And um, it was also used to be grown outside the newlyweds house, um, you know, like outside their front door. And it was said that then if it, if it flowered well um, and grew, then it would indicate that the marriage was also going to bloom as well. Um, but then it was said that um, men, didn't like it because it was associated with women um, being like in charge so they got very upset about this and they tore the rosary bushes down so that, that's just a bit of history there for you um rosemary is obviously good for cooking as well you often find it in your kitchen cupboards you know, like dried herbs like um rosemary or even fresh sprigs of rosemary can be put in that on a piece of meat um, in the oven. Um, people often use it for their roast potatoes and things like that. So you can use it in your cooking as well. So it should be safe to eat or consume. Um, but as always, when you're consuming anything, if you've not had it before, then you need to make sure that you're not allergic to it. And you should always seek medical advice if there's um, before you take any type of herb um, or ingest anything like that, that you, um, you know, to make sure that you're not having any kind of reaction or your medications you're on are going to react against it and what have you. So always seek advice before taking anything new. Um, but I think I've had rosemary potatoes before and they've been very nice. So I've decided that I'm going to definitely put um, grow some rosemary. Um, I'm not quite sure how yet, but I'm going to find a way to um, grow some rosemary because I really like the idea of growing rosemary and using it as a smudge stick um, I think that would be a really good, and, it, and it's um, obviously with the white sage issues that I spoke about before, um, it makes it even more sense for me to, to do that. And it'll be great because if I grow it, then it's free um, to me because I've already, you know, 
support the seeds or what have you. And then as long as I look after it well, hopefully it will keep regrowing and that will be lovely. So that's my plans. But that is all the information I have about Rosemary. And I hope that you've enjoyed this session of Charm Time. And that brings us to the end of today's show. So thank you so, so much for listening to the Living Magically podcast. If you've enjoyed it, then please do show your support by subscribing and sharing on social media. If you want to get in touch, just pop on over to my blog, dsworldofwicca.co.uk, where you will find all of my social links. Also, you can leave me a voice message, which could even appear on the next episode. I always love to hear from you, so make sure that you do get in touch. I hope you have a brilliant week, and I'll speak soon. Blessed be.